Welcome to Flash Star Weekly. Hainse is out. Why? And who else should go with him? We also have all the rumors, recap, and preview coming up. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. This segment is sponsored by Thinking Man Tavern, a cozy Decatur neighborhood pub. Grab a tasty beverage from a wide variety of selections and a plate of something delicious from the menu. To go, check out Thinking Man Tavern. Five Shot fam, as I'm out here in the elements with some light rain and some traffic sounds, I would love to talk to you about our Patreon. You can help support us and our work from a grassroots level. We have some amazing tiers. Go check it out on patreon.com slash ATLUCDFANTV. But guys, let's get into the recap. And yeah, New England Revolution, the top seeded or top uh, team in the East, rather, uh, played against us, who are, yeah, we were 10th and we're still 10th. It was a 1-0 loss to Bruce Arena's Revolution. And uh, yes, he's definitely revolutionized that side into kind of world beaters a little bit. But uh, yeah, recently their form, maybe not as good without uh, some of their top performers in Tejon Buchanan and Matt Turner. Uh, of course, Matt Turner is on international duty. And so, yeah, you have guys that uh, still could do a job. And yeah, uh, LA United against the England Revolution. We looked a little bit dire in terms of the attack. Uh, of course, Joseph Martinez was kept out of the side by Gabriel Hainse. And uh, yeah, we'll get into all that in the news later. But in terms of this match, yeah, we looked toothless in attack again. No one who could finish. Uh, you had Kubo Torres starting up top again. Uh, inexplicably, yeah, to a, a lot of people's aghast. I mean, uh, basically, a lot of people were hoping maybe Jackson Conway would get his first start uh, or somebody. But, uh, yeah, it looked like a 3-4-3 to start as well. Alan Franco in the center. Uh, of course, Anton Walks has been our captain in steed of Brad Guzan. But, uh, yeah, uh, you know, Chol and Lopez as the, uh, you know, additional attackers. And a uh, debut start for uh, Amar Sadich, who I must say looked pretty decent on the ball and uh, definitely had a few good tackles to start the match as well. The first 45 minutes looked pretty decent uh, with their goal notwithstanding, which, uh, yeah, New England Revolution, they pretty much just tore us up. I mean, I think, you know, tip the cap to them. Uh, I don't think... The defensive players really could have done any better. They, uh, I mean, you know, the ball that went into the box, it's kind of a, uh, a fluky, um, you know, a fluky touch by the forward to be able to, you know, trap it a little bit. And then Gustavo Bo uh, gets a little bit of a deflected ball off of George Campbell. And, uh, yeah, I mean, our guys are pretty much, you know, played off the park in that goal. And I think uh, what you can do there not very much and so it's not really on anybody there but I think you know the attack definitely is just so lacking the number of good chances uh, there was a good ball in the uh, in the second half where uh, George ball uh, George Campbell put uh, you know 
Machopchol in with a left-footed uh, through ball, and Machopchol dribbled into the box and fashioned himself a chance. That's kind of more of what we'd like to see if we can't uh, create a team goal, at least something from the run of play, but that's been the difficulty, is that we haven't scored from the run of play since May, and that is highly damning. And, uh, you know, it's something that, uh, you know, I don't think we'll harp on too much because of the big news at the top of the show and that we'll get into later, but uh, definitely, yeah, this match, it's kind of the same old, same old. You know, we, uh, we look just kind of, uh, you know, a little bit restless, a little bit, uh, you know, where we are predictable. We pretty much, uh, on any sort of counterattack, go with the ball out wide, and it's a cross in that's very easy to deal with. And uh, at the end of the day, it just can't be, you know, the same type of chances all the time. So, uh, you know, getting into kind of some of these notes, uh, yeah, congrats to George Campbell for uh, his first MLS start. I thought he did quite well. Uh, there were a lot of Joseph Martinez chants, uh, first in the seventh minute, another one in the 17th minute, and definitely at the conclusion of the match, there was more O. Joseph Martinez chants. And he was seen at the stadium via a Snapchat post. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he obviously was there to support the boys. Uh, it's, you know, just very annoying when your star player is frozen out for uh, seemingly reasons that they were not willing to describe in public, but it all came out later on, of course. Uh, it's another match where we had four homegrowns on the pitch, Wolf. Campbell, Conway, uh, and, uh, you know, and essentially uh, there were a lot of free Joseph uh, signs as well in the stadium as well. But, uh, yeah, Jeff Lorenowitz, he also was seen during the Five Stripes live segment at halftime, uh, gave some good sound analysis, but uh, I'm sure some people would love to see maybe him uh, start to get Maybe his coaching badges and, uh, you know, start to be in and around the setup, uh, you know, because uh, it's definitely possibly needed. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, in a paid attendance of 42517 it definitely looked a little bit less than that. Uh, it would probably, I would say, maybe five to 8000 less than normal. I think that definitely had an impact on that front office and how they viewed this match as well. I mean, they were... Some hearty boos at full time. It's, uh, yeah, I think uh, the fans made their displeasure known, and that is very key. Uh, you know, the pressure needs to be put onto uh, the people in charge when things are not going right. And boy, are things not going right. Winless in eight matches, I mean, that's just uh, not good enough. And, you know, whether you're, you know, a. Uh, a former MLS Cup winning team or not, I mean, you know, it clearly is just subpar. But uh, let's pretty much wrap this matchup and we'll get into all of the really, really juicy and big news. Uh, but yes, uh, LA United will be playing FC Cincy on Wednesday and we'll have that match preview later on in this episode. So let's get into the big news and Gabriel Hainsey is out. If you haven't heard, 
Uh, I don't know, you might have been living under a rock, but uh, if you have been living under a rock, welcome to the big news of the week. And this past weekend, it has been a whirlwind. But, Hainsey out, Rob Valentino, assistant coach, in. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, pretty much Darren Eels and Carlos Bocanegra uh, in their press conference on Sunday after the 3 p.m. news drop. Uh, it is one of those... Uh, they didn't want to reveal too much and you know we'll get into a little bit of it and you know get into our thoughts of it but uh they said that uh essentially Hainsey was incredibly hands-on and incredibly non-stop the actual performance on the pitch wasn't the factor here uh Eels said I'm optimistic with the squad that we have that we're only a third through the season and we've seen some positives with our homegrowns also uh they said that when they fired Hainsey that uh, they did it after practice, and he was professional when they did it. So, I mean, that at least is good to know. He didn't throw a tantrum, but uh, yeah, Carlos Bocanegra said that his relationship with Gabriel Hainsey was professional, quote. Uh, regarding his accountability, Bocanegra added that we're all accountable, me included. I mean, that's good to hear, but uh, it is also, they are fully accountable. Uh, not only Carlos Bocanegra, but Darren Eels. And I think at this point, uh, you know, Carlos Bocanegra and Darren Eels, they are both on the hot seat. And uh, we'll get into how hot that hot seat really is further. But uh, Eels, he made it clear that the club will move fairly quickly in their search for a new head coach. And they will try to do so uh, this season. Uh, now, also, uh, he said the firing of Hainsey had nothing to do with Joseph Martinez. And there was that spat uh, I've covered it in some new specials this weekend, but to recap what was happening was that Joseph Martinez was frozen out of the squad. Uh, it seemed like he was the, you know, the player that was big enough to actually be able to say something. Uh, the captain, you know, Brad Guzan obviously was away. Uh, Miles Robinson, maybe another big, you know, player is uh, also away on international duty. Ezekiel Barco, you know, maybe a little bit of pull in the squad. Uh, also away on international duty. You know, guys that uh, maybe could say something. Uh, Joseph Martinez is the guy that maybe had to take the fall in terms of Gabriel Hainsey's eyes. But, uh, yeah, it uh, led to pretty much Hainsey making Joseph Martinez train on his own and uh, it had apparently been that for a week and Felipe Cardenas actually uh, reported that Joseph Martinez, uh, yeah, it wasn't fitness related and then Hainsey came out on Thursday saying it also, yes, wasn't fitness related and that he had his reasons why Joseph Martinez was kept out and that, uh, yeah, he didn't want to send a message through uh, the press and whether it came out that none of the players actually knew much of what was going on between he and Joseph either. So if there was a message, it probably didn't seem like it was very clear. But, uh, yeah, so, though, uh, there was a big shoe to drop. And that, of course, not only was with Gabriel Hainsey, but a Fox Sports article by Doug McIntyre that said that, uh, yeah, essentially, the, uh, the relationships between uh, the players and the coach uh you know they and the coaching staff uh had soured uh, quite a good bit but also that uh Hainsey, he refused to let his players have water 
during some of the training sessions, they did two a days, not only in preseason, and they uh, he forced them to be in a hotel near the training grounds, but also during the international break, and uh, basically didn't give them many days off during the week. And yeah, with MLSPA, they also uh, pretty much filed a grievance on the Atlanta United players' behalf because they were being overworked. And, and essentially, that uh, that new CBA for the players uh, pretty much said that you know they can't have 14 consecutive days of working. They needed to have scheduled days off, and that just wasn't happening under Hainsey. And so, I mean, if the front office also knew this, and, you know, knew that these were the practices of Gabriel Hainsey and weren't doing something to make him change it to protect their players and, really, Atlanta United's investments because a lot of players have gone down uh, due to injury, soft tissue injuries, ACL with Emerson Hyman during training, Franco Ibarra with a hamstring, uh, Jurgen Dom as well. Many other players, Mateus Husetu, who, uh, yeah, had just worked his way back and then never even really got much playing time, uh, stands a few minutes. And Mo Adams, who got to play all of, I think, one match before he, uh, yeah, pretty much had to go down as well. And so it's very brutal on, uh, you know, not only the, uh, the players, but I think, you know, when you set up a team, you, it's very difficult to have that depth. But nonetheless, this is fully on not only Gabriel Hainsey, but also on Carlos Bocanegra and Darren Eels. And uh, yeah, you have to think that Carlos Bocanegra will not have his contract renewed. Uh, it ends in March 2022. Darren Eels also has a lot to answer for. There has to be much more transparency from the front office. I mean, it seems very apparent that there's an pretty much almost mass exodus of front office people, not only in analysts, but also the support staff. Uh, yes, there has been the new VP that has been brought in, and maybe that's somebody that will start to uh, displace a little bit of Boca's responsibilities. And so, uh, you know, eventually we will be able to find someone that can suitably do the job, because it seems like, yeah, with the responsibilities that Bocanegra took on, especially in the wake of uh, you know some of the athletic articles uh, from Felipe Cardenas that mentioned the also icy relationship between Boca and Tata Martino, because Boca wanted to take more of a kind of uh, boss role in terms of uh, his relationship with Tata. There's a lot of kind of uh, now anecdotes and history of Carlos Boca Negra trying to move his and shake his weight around uh, and it seemingly is for the worse because you have players that are the likes of Jonathan Nagby, Julian Gressel, LGP who likely would have wanted to stay but instead they were pretty much uh, not offered what they felt like they were worth or traded unceremoniously by Carlos Bocanegra. And so, you know, yes, you know, those are uh, players that, uh, you know, maybe had their own uh, reasons why they maybe, uh, you know, in terms of Atlanta United fans, why they wouldn't want them back anyway. But I think the point is they have not been replaced 
properly. The production has not been replaced, period. So, anyway, uh, so there, uh, Fox Sports, uh, that article also wrote some other things and reported some other things that uh, a United source said that it was hell every day for six months. Uh, also, that uh, not only the uh, frustrated players and staffers, uh, that they weren't uh, shared the schedule in advance by Hainsey. They were pretty much on call at any point, and they weren't allowed video games nor ping pong. I mean, it's just, uh, it seemed like a dictatorship, which is just not what you want to see. I mean, yes, uh, full transparency, yes. I was glad that Gabriel Hainsey was hired uh, because, you know, tactics-wise, and in terms of, uh, you know, what he was bringing to the table, in terms of fiery nature, it seemed like, from the outset, a good fit, but it is very apparent that, uh, you know, he... I think overworked the players, was uh, on a power trip for sure, and didn't let the players pretty much able to be able to rest up properly in this league, which uh, is very difficult with the travel and uh, lack of rest days with a congested schedule. I mean, it's just, uh, it's one thing after another coming out here that, uh, yeah, the culture basically was just very icy. I mean, Hainsey didn't speak with the players, apparently. His coaching staff also didn't either. So it's something that, uh, you know, it's uh, poor morale across the organization. And so uh, I applaud the front office for doing this quickly and making this move right now as there's still a good bit of season to be able to be played and to kind of make up for this. But... Uh, yeah, they have one transfer window and they have this season, I think, uh, before the pitchforks really, really start to come out. Not only, uh, of course, Klaus Bokenegger already has the pitchforks out for him, but for Darren Eels as well. As much as we all enjoy Darren Eels' antics and banter, I mean, uh, it's starting to really show that there's uh, kind of a lack of transparency, a lack of uh, maybe ability in finding the right, not only players, but staff. So, you know, if, uh, if they are to be tasked with finding the next head coach, I mean, they better damn well get it right. But, uh, yeah, so it was also documented, uh, apparently, uh, in the past that at Vela Sarsfield, Gabriel Haynes said he find players for uh, gaining any weight. He also did these type of things. So if they didn't properly, if the front office didn't properly vet uh, Gabriel Hainsey, then absolutely. It's very, this is very damning, I think, on the front office as well. But uh, yeah, uh, apparently, according to Doug Roberson, uh, LA United declined to answer if they were negotiating a buyout for Hainsey or if they invoked a clause allowing them to terminate without a buyout. Uh, because, yeah, there are a lot of the grievances by MLSPA, and so maybe they do have... Uh, some rights to maybe, uh, maybe uh, terminate his contract. But, uh, yeah, and in terms of those, uh, that CBA, they must be given eight days off of every eight weeks, as well as reasonable efforts to provide players at least one day off per week. And it seemed like that really wasn't happening. Uh, and, yeah, getting into some of the uh, what the players were saying after the news came out, obviously it was a shock to many, 
Uh, Anton Walks talked to the media, Brooks Lennon as well. Brooks Lennon said, uh, yeah, he, he basically, he didn't want to comment on that, but he did uh, have praise for Hainsey and how uh, basically he was given chances by Hainsey. So, of course, yeah, he was very diplomatic here. Uh, but he would only comment about his performance on the field, and it's nothing but respect for Hainsey and his staff. Uh, but he did talk about how training was on Monday. Uh, he said guys came out with extra energy, energy to show the new coaching staff that they want to be out on the field. Uh, because, yeah, Rob Valentino is the interim head coach. And, uh, yeah, he also spoke with the media as well. Apparently, yeah, like, you know, first day on the job, Rob Valentino talks with the media. Hansei had seven months on the job, never actually saw them in person. Uh, he also, yeah, was not much of a spokesperson for the team as well. I mean, he said some weird things post-match uh, from the New England Revolution match as well, saying Kubo Torres is a good player, uh, maybe the coach is bad. It, you know, some question maybe if it was actually some like self-sabotaging. Maybe he just didn't want to be here. Who knows? Some odd behavior. No. Whatsoever. I mean, just nonetheless, very, very odd things that uh, Hainsey has said. But uh, yeah, pretty much, uh, I mean, even before that, and this is, uh, you know, we're filming this on a Monday, or I'm filming this on a Monday. Uh, Joseph Martinez, he will be talking with the media on Tuesday. And of course, the athletic article from Felipe Cardenas uh, pretty much said it was uh, Joseph Martinez saying it was Hainsey or me. And it seems like it's very obvious that, uh, yeah, the uh, the club has chosen uh, to stick with Joseph Martinez, especially in the wake of all of these revelations. But also that uh, Joseph Martinez apparently told the front office that 2021 would be his last year. Now, whether that truly is or isn't, hopefully he clarifies that on Tuesday in his press conference. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, there are some fans that... Uh, said that no player is bigger than the club uh and i would also counter that with you know no coach is bigger than the club no front office uh you know member is bigger than the club either uh if you're not acting in the best interests of the club then you should probably go uh if things come to push and shove and things came to push and shove and it seems like joseph martinez was protecting his teammates i mean definitely with the uh, you know, why he was being uh, maybe a little agitative towards Gabriel Hainsey is because they weren't being able to, uh, you know, train and have off days and then uh, also drink water. Uh, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's poor treatment of players and that's just not good enough. I think uh, it's something that he has every right to actually do. But, uh, so let's get into... Uh, you know, what Rob Valentino said, and I think that's very telling, but uh, let's first get into his technical staff. It will be Matt Lowry, Jack Kimber Ryan, uh, Alexander for fitness, Liam Curran for goalkeepers, Jack Collison will assist with trainings, he, of course, is the LA&I 2 head coach, and uh, all of Hainsey's assistants have been let go as well. But uh, Valentino said... Uh, to the press today, to be honest, I don't want to change a lot because the players have gone through changes and you try to do it in a short period of time and you can hit a real roadblock. 
Ultimately, we just need to turn our luck. We need to get results. Uh, Valentino also said that he told the boys this morning, the human element, I hope to bring that. In terms of tactics, I will do my best. We will all do our best to take more chances, take more risks, score more goals, and win more games. He also said uh, that basically, we, on the club's fans, we just want to give them, uh, we just want to get them back happy again. I can't stress that enough. They're so important. People come to Atlanta to play in front of them. I understand the sacrifices they make. It's incredible. I don't mean that to sound corny. And that's, I think, really huge from Valentino. The first you know, message that he sends is to the fans that he realizes why this game is being played. It's for the fans, and that is key. And so, uh, yeah, he's done well here. I think uh, Valentino uh, obviously you know, has all to do in front of him, but it definitely I think he's slightly start, has starts uh, or has the backing at the start of the fans with you know these type of words but uh, also from Lennon he also said that Joseph Martinez is a name in the league that's scary to opponents great to have him back in the team excited to be training with him now today he did really well hopefully we can use him going forward and he can get back to his goal scoring ways hopefully so so guys let's get into some of the transfer rumors of the week and uh, first transfer rumor is Santiago Moreno of uh, Colombian side America de Cali. Uh, he's been linked with both LA United and Portland Timbers. Uh, he also has been linked with Leeds United and Rangers this year. He's got five goals and four assists in 22 uh, competitions, uh, across all competitions rather, uh, in 22 appearances across all competitions. There we go. And uh, transfer market has him valued at 585. He's a winger. He's 21 years old, Colombian. Uh, do we need another project? Uh, I don't know. You know, I think maybe we need some guys that are a little bit more proven right now. So I'm not so sure about this rumor, but uh, apparently he's a good talent. But uh, one who's a really big talent is Tiago Almeida. And uh, of course, this came out before Gabriel Hainsey was uh, let go, but. Uh, he plays for Velez Sarsfield, 20-year-old Argentine playmaker, and uh, yes, he's a lot of uh, FIFA career mode players' dream player in a lot of senses because he's got a lot of talent and uh, is very young, and so a lot of people no doubt used him. But uh, yeah, he's a guy that is valued at $22 million. Uh, yeah, very strong at dribbling, at, uh, you know, taking long shots and passing and so a guy that seemingly could be useful for Atlanta but uh, also another project but I think much bigger uh, you know much bigger talent probably and he's also away on international duty in Japan in the Olympics with Ezekiel Barco as uh, he posted a photo of he and Almeida together waiting in the airport but uh, is there more uh, smoke to any of that we'll find out but uh, also, George Bello, he's been linked with top Greek side Olympiakos. Uh, and with there only being one left back on the team, that, uh, yeah, it maybe would make sense. Would that be a good move for Bello to the Greek league? I mean, we'll see. Uh, that's not exactly uh, the most sexiest league, of course. But uh, anyway, uh, yes. So Miles Robinson and George Bello, they started for the U.S. men's national team recently. First senior team start for Bello. Congrats to the boy. 
And Miles Robinson, he scored the third goal in the 6-1 route of Martinique uh, in the Gold Cup. And the goal, uh, yeah, and basically the U.S. men's national team are uh, through from their group. And, uh, yeah, it's good to see. So, Atlanta United 2, they've uh, unfortunately fell to Louisville City 2-0. Uh, they will be playing FC Tulsa on July 28th. So, a little bit of ways from now. But, uh, guys, let's get into the match preview. And, uh, yeah, we'll go through this a little, kind of pretty quickly here. But, FC Cincinnati on Wednesday. It's going to be, yeah, a very interesting match because I think, uh, you know, we'll see Joseph Martinez probably available for selection. That will be quite uh, an exciting thing. Uh, 8 p.m. and it will be, of course, away at TQL Stadium. But uh, basically, yeah, FC Cincy are playing a little bit better nowadays, uh, maybe scoring a little bit more, but maybe not... Uh, still getting the results that they probably want, but uh, basically, FC Cincy, uh, it's another year with Yap Stam in charge. Uh, last year, they finished in 14th place. They did not qualify for the playoffs, but they've added Lucho Acosta. They've also added Brenner. They've also added Ronald Matarita. Uh, they've lost Kendall Waston and, of course, Andrew Gutman who, uh, you know, we got, but also we loaned to New York Red Bulls. But uh, basically, they're they're basically a lot better in attack this year uh, with Lucho and Brenner in there. Uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, you know, still they're a very weak team in a lot of aspects. And so I think it's still a team that we can get at. And this is an opportunity for us to get three points. Uh, especially when we have, maybe hopefully, a new manager bump. But, uh, yeah, in our series matchup, uh, we have won three times. They've won once, and there's been one draw between us. Uh, we last won 2-0 against them in November in 2020. Now, uh, in terms of, uh, yeah, you know, I spoke about some other players to watch, but also another player in Jurgen Lokadia, uh, who's a forward for them. He was, uh, yeah, celebrated as a, a big signing as much as Brenner was. But, uh, yeah, we'll see if he can put something together in terms of a good season for them. Uh, a little bit up and down. But, uh, yeah, guys, let's get into the injuries and availability reports. For Cincy, uh, Calvin Harris is out with a meniscus. Uh, Mikhail Vandeverf is out with a sports hernia. Zico Bailey is out with a hip uh, Ronald Matarita is out on international duty, and Alan Cruz is also out on international duty. For LA United, of course, Goose, Miles Robinson, and Bello are out on international duty with the U.S. Men's National Team. Barco with Argentina U23s. Uh, Mo Adams, he's out with quadriceps injuries for two to three months. Hyman, of course, with the ACL, but uh, also Abara with a lower body injury. Jurgen Dom might be, uh, he's questionable as he has been training this week. Of course, Joseph Martinez may be questionable, but probably is available for selection, and uh, we would, I think, bank on at least seeing him make an appearance. Uh, Mateus Ossetu also probably available, as he's been training as well. And Alex DeJohn, he's been seen with a brace with his fractured left elbow, but he's still training. So, you know, what a warrior indeed. 
But guys, let's get into the predicted starting 11, and this might not be very easy as, uh, yeah, you know, you had some guys that uh, played decently, but, uh, you know, some guys that are uh, fit to be able to come back in, as in a Santiago Sosa, who, uh, yeah, uh, had yellow card accumulation, now is available to play again. So I think in this predicted starting 11, of course, we'll go with Can between the sticks, uh, I'm going with a four-man backline, not a three-man backline here. And uh, it's Lennon, Franco, Walks, and Ambrose, I think, uh, who will uh, actually finally get a start at left back. But uh, in midfields, I think Sadich has earned another start for sure. Uh, Moreno next to him, as well as Santiago Sosa returns. And I think that's a pretty decent midfield. Uh, you have a controller, you have a guy that, uh, you know, uh, is also... Uh, been kind of our early season kind of MVP a little bit in Sosa and uh, and Moreno who's able to uh, kind of create some chances. Uh, he definitely, I think, did really well against the New York Revolution. Had uh, our team high six created chances. So definitely uh, want to see more from him in the middle. Uh, now up top and in the forward positions, I think uh, Jake Mulraney gets another start here. I think... Uh, but this time on the right wing, and I think left wing, it will be Machop Chol. They could both switch sides as well. Uh, and, I mean, maybe it's a little early. Maybe he gets like a 60-minute run out. But I think it's Joseph Martinez up top. I think, uh, you know, especially on the road, you could uh, kind of get him acclimated a little bit and then bring on, uh, you know, a sub later uh, pretty quickly. And, you know, it would still be pretty decent. And... Joseph Martinez has done pretty well at Cincy Stadium, so, you know, we'll take that too. But, uh, yeah, so getting into the odds, LA United have a 43.5% chance, according to Bet365, to win this match. Uh, Cincy have a 45.5% chance, and also it's a draw uh, chance at 30.8. So, uh, with all that being said, though, yeah, uh, a match fact of this is that LA United have unfortunately failed to win seven uh, of the, their last seven away matches in MLS, and so that's not a great stat, but hopefully, like I said, with this manager bump, we can maybe make something happen. But uh, let's get into the score prediction then, and I think it won't be a win, unfortunately, but we, yeah, will unfortunately fail to win uh, another match here, but I think we can get a draw against FC Cincy away from home. I think, uh, you know, we need to take the little bit of increments of positivity here. And so a 1-1 draw, I can deal with that on the road, especially with how we've been playing. So anyway, guys, let us know what your score predictions are in the comments below. And guys, that's almost the entire show except for the question of the day. And the question of the day is, who would you like to see LA United bring in as the next head coach? I mean, obviously, you know, this is putting, it's a lot of weight on Darren Eels and Carlos Bocanegra's shoulders. But there are a lot of sexy names out there as well. You have Sidon, you have Eddie Howe, maybe not as sexy, maybe. Uh, you have Antonio Conte, you have... Pirlo, you have Frank Lampard. I mean, there's a lot of names out there. Who would you guys like to see LA United bring in? Will it even solve our problems? Do the, uh, you know, does Boca need to go? Does Eels need to go? Let us know in the comments below. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. 
I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah.